What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio, right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, streaming worldwide at IronLoneStar.com. As always, make sure to check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. Uh, we are hanging out here on this Thursday afternoon. It's 2 o'clock on Thursday, and that makes it almost the weekend. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. Hey, guys. So, uh, what's going on, buddy? How's your week been? Uh, hectic, to say the least. Hectic, to say the least. What if we said the most? Would it be busier? I assume that's how that works. I don't know how. I don't know how this saying works. Yeah, that saying is kind of misleading, isn't it? I don't. I don't really know what you're even getting at. Right. Like, I could. Like, is it like I'm holding the description back, or am I like? Like it's the tip of the iceberg. I don't know. You know, uh, tip of the iceberg is another one I hate. Ah, uh, really? I always thought that was really good. I like the. I really like the super. I love the iceberg memes where it's like the X fandoms iceberg, and it's like, oh, the the fun happy stuff is all at the top, and then the bottom one is like all the super dark, like weird theories that people get into about their their favorite shows and all that. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I don't I don't like. Uh... Don't like icebergs. I, I just think I think there's certain ones we've ran to the ground, and then like we know that icebergs are giant underneath, and then the, just a little tip of them peek out. But we know it for the dumbest reason ever, and it's because of the Titanic. Um, which means we completely miss the actual moral of the story of the Titanic. Um, in lieu of icebergs never, are giant never, underneath the water. <laughs> never, never call something unsinkable. Uh yeah, stay calm, be humble. To quote Kendrick Lamar, sit down, okay. be humble. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they called the ship unsinkable, and then they didn't even do the job of actually making it unsinkable. It Look. would be like if I built a house and then called it a house because it would it would be like a lean to at best. <laughs> That's fair. So when they call the Titanic unsinkable, they didn't mean it. And it wasn't even finished because remember the little the stupid things are supposed to go all the way to the top of the boat, the seals. And instead, the seals only go like two thirds up, so the water would fill up that whole section and then pour into the next section. Remember, like a Russian nesting doll of death, right? And then plus all the poor people were at the bottom and then drowned. Uh, most people there drowned. Uh, the the women and children of the wealthy did not. So you know balance you know it's still it's still most fair society good world women and children first so you know it worked out yeah i always think i always laugh at the memes it's like man the lobsters must have been hyped (laughs) the what like fresh tank lobsters oh whole thing goes underwater and they're like yo it's pretty weak can you imagine being like the last lobster served that day? Like they grab one more out of the tank to make a dish, and then like twenty minutes later, water comes rushing in, and the rest of them are like, "We're free!" It's like imagining that guy. Um, it's like the end of the mist. Have you ever seen the mist, the movie? No, I always like know about it, but I've never actually watched it. So Thomas Jane is uh... it based off a of Stephen King novel? Yeah, Thomas Shane plays like a family dude, and the city, like a, a mist rolls in. It's Yeah, it's based on a Stephen King story. Some sort oh, of... It's, 
like demons or monsters in it or something like that? Uh, no, uh, I think it just makes bugs big, or I don't remember. Yeah, it might have been monsters because there were some giant things walking around too. Uh, whatever it does, the mist is bad, and so after a while of hanging out in the mist, finally they talk themselves into running out to a car and just driving off. Um, like eight of them run out to a car, four of them make it in the car, car drives off. Um, they run out of gas. They're surrounded by monsters on all sides. And finally they decide that what they should do is they should all shoot each other. Um, and just commit like packed suicide, but there's not enough bullets in the revolver. Um, so Thomas Jane kills his whole family because he thinks there's no way out and they're all going to die a terrible death. And then like two minutes later, the U.S. Army finds him in his car. Oh. Ooh, feels bad. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that last lobster feeling right there. But like in reverse. What, or if you're the last lobster to get cooked. Oh, yeah, that's true. You're like, no, if they would have waited 10 more minutes. It doesn't matter. I mean, you're a lobster. It's, it's all downhill. Like, are you going to crawl out? Of, well, I guess you don't have to crawl out. Because, like, once it sinks to the bottom, you're back where you started. So, yeah, started from the bottom. Now we're here. It started we're... at the bottom, and now we're back at the bottom. We've returned, we've returned yet again to the bottom. <laughs> that's like a, that's a real circle of life. More importantly, a whole different part of the ocean. These are traveled lobsters. These are like gentlemen lobsters. They've seen the world. Yeah. Gentlemen That's... lobsters show back at the bottom of the scene and like, where have you been, Tommy? He's like, seeing things. I've toured the world, Rebecca. I've toured the world. It's like a little top hat floats to the bottom and he puts it on. And he's like, <laughs> like it lands perfectly on him as he's yeah. saying it. Right. Yeah, he's the he's the uh, planter's peanut dude of the ocean bottom. Yeah, I mean, because it's not like lobsters get around that much. And this guy was on a boat that left from England and then in the Arctic sinks uh, on its way to America. Like, he's in a whole other part of the ocean at this point. Yeah, you know, he might be dead, but who knows? He might not have any lobster friends here. And pl- well, I was gonna say like the odds of him making it to the bottom, but again, he's inside the Titanic. He's definitely getting to the bottom. Yeah, like the whole thing's going to the bottom. <laughs> right, but like he's not gonna get eaten by something as he floats to the bottom. Yeah, no, giant giant ship full of dead people. <laughs> right, so like he's he's got a pretty you know he's gonna be all right. Um, got a pretty good chance. Better chance than the poor people. Oof. Yeah, because they're not designed to live in the water. <laughs> Right, they're they're not lobsters. They're oh, not lobsters. Oh, about fair play, isn't it, lobster? I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um. All right. So we've completely lost our minds already, and it's only eight minutes into the show, but that's okay. Um. So it's Thursday, and Thursday we talk a little bit of sports. Oh, I really it's... wanted to go back to the lobster thing. No, I want to move away from it completely because it's only going to end with us saying things. That both lobsters and people will be mad about. And if the poor people could afford radio, they'd be mad too. Oh no, the poor people on the Titanic, what will they ever do without the radio? Yeah, what did they even do? For I mean, Irish jigs and drinking mostly, I guess. But did they really like it? That's the real question. Um, so 
one of my favorite and craziest news stories has been going on all week, and I have we have to talk about this. We have to. Um, ESPN, I guess, was just out of terrible stuff to air because we're not quite ready for uh, sports yet. Um, and so they aired a high school football game. Um, and it was between, uh, I don't remember the name of this program, but they're basically, they collect D1 scholarship athletes and they're like, they're like one of the region champions. So it's like, they're a big time high school. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so they were going to be playing a game against Bishop Sycamore, uh, high school, which is a high school program designed uh for i don't know what you call them so tim tebow is one of these homeschooled athletes okay i guess that's what you call them homeschooled athletes um tim tebow was a homeschooled athlete and so he would find high school leagues that allowed homeschooled kids for him to be able to compete in sports and stuff and get scholarship opportunities so bishop sycamore says they're one of those programs they say they are a high school they're like a sporting franchise high school for homeschooled students is what they is what they claimed. Oh man, that's got to be like the weirdest collection of kids. They also said that they had several Division 1 uh recruits on their roster uh and that this would be a great game and worthy of ESPN airtime. Yeah, basically they're saying we have our we have such high caliber athletes. On both sides of this, that this would be worth it. Right. They're saying two powerhouse high school programs are about to play. You guys would be fools to not air it. So ESPN said, okay, all right, okay. Now ESPN, they have a – do you remember when they came to Colin Flusa and did the eSports stuff? They ESPN themselves really only sent like three people down. Yeah, there's like three dudes, but there's a lot and, of people and, involved. Right, and they had basically – they have affiliate partnerships spread throughout the country. Well, that's also true for high school sports. There are there are certain companies they work with that just keep track of high school sports stuff. And when they want to put together one of these games, they call this company, and this company does 90% of the lifting, and then ESPN comes down with their people and brands it and, and broadcasts it. Um, so the game, about midway through the game – it's pretty obvious that there are no Division One athletes on the Bishop Sycamore roster. Um, Ooh, that's not a good sign. I thought you were going to say on both sides because it would have been way funnier. No, no, no. It's way funnier this way. They literally have no business being on the field with the other football team. Like, bad throw, like quarterback throwing bad interceptions. Uh the second they're hiking the ball, the defense is in the backfield already blowing past the offensive line. Um, the receivers are just like the, – the corners are just stealing balls away from them in the air. Uh, and then on offense the other way, the wide receivers are like a foot taller than the defensive players completely. Like there's just no – Yeah, so it's basically no my high school football career. I understand. Yeah, <laughs> Nico, if there were twenty-two of you, uh, you would you could you could fill out a whole starting rotation for Bishop Sycamore. I mean, it was yeah. Look, I was I was gangly and weird in high school. I understand. It was it was impressively depressing to the point 
that the broadcasters began commenting on this on the potential unsafe nature of this game because Ooh. of the gross mismatch physically between the two teams. Oh man. And the broadcast announcers then just straight up ratted on Bishop Sycamore. Okay. They said, now they told us that they had several uh, recruited prospects. They had several prospects that were likely to go to division one schools, but we took their roster and went through all of the different college scouting lists that we know of. And none of their players are on it. So they lied to us. But they really, didn't. really riding on the coattails of Tim Tebow here, who uh, only recently stop. came back to the league and was really bad. Right. But they didn't stop the game. They didn't cancel it when they saw that. Like, uh, no, they're not gonna. They're not gonna stop. No one's gonna stop the game now that they've already set it up. They have to well, face their consequences of them just getting their teeth so, knocked in. So they get mauled like a wild cat. Like, okay, like it's bad. All right, like. They had no business being out there. I think the end score is like 56 to nothing kind of a thing. Yeah, it did it, it bad. It real bad. Also, Bishop Sycamore thinks they're one of those schools that's smarter than everyone. Yeah, because they they're, they're full of weird homeschoolers. They don't punt and they don't do field goals. What? So they went for it on every single fourth down, and I believe they went over on those. What absolute legends. It was an embarrassment of all things. So people were kind of like, man, that was such a weird game. Like ESPN, even like the announcers turned rat. Like what an odd situation. So that got some people's attention. Well, then people start looking into it a little bit. And someone who has a pretty good memory, they remember interviewing somebody who says that they played and they named these same people. Now, Bishop Sycamore is a new institution. It's only two years old. However, it's run by a same group that did this before with a different school. But it was supposed to be the same concept, the homeschooled athlete thing. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, Bishop Sycamore fired their head coach the Monday after the game. Okay, yeah, because it, it was definitely his fault. Right. Um, <laughs> All right, coach. So you're playing against a waiter, effectively D1 athletes. What do you got? I got 42 12-year-olds. All right. <laughs> Good. Give it the best shot I can, I guess. We're going to run it out there. We we can't out-tackle them or out-play them, so we're going to run the triple option and just hope that they don't see it coming. Coach, they know you're running the triple option. Okay, we're going to lose. We're going to lose bad. Um, to, quote, to quote my high school coaches, the option is the best play we have. <laughs> <laughs> the option was to not lose, but no one chose that. Um, the option was not to play, <laughs> but we had decided to roll out the Juvie team to play. It also, them. so it also turns out Bishop Sycamore had played another game just two days prior. Oh, what? So they weren't even like well rested. They didn't practice. And let me get back to this thing. So this. So one of the sports reporters has this really good memory and he had interviewed some D1 recruit for like a kid got game high school athlete profile. Uh, and he talked about how he had to take his entire junior year over the summer because he got screwed over by going to one of these at-home programs like this. 
And so they dig it up, and sure enough, there's this kid who now he's like 20, but at the time he was 15, um, and he was he went to he was a homeschooled athlete, and he went to like an all American uh, combine group thing, mm-hmm. and this guy approached him and told him, "Hey man, you need to come play for our program. We're setting up. We're gonna be we're setting up in Ohio. Um, we're gonna be." Netflix is going to film us for a series. Uh, we're for the at for the, the homeschooled athletes, blah blah blah. So come on up. And he was like, so the mom thought it was a neat, interesting idea. He was. This is the shady part about the whole whole thing, not just Bishop Sycamore. When you're a high enough level athlete, you're essentially recruited even by high schools to where you're going to play, um, and so. To him and his family, it wasn't weird to literally up and move and change his whole life to go into this program because he's going to get the best opportunities so that he can go ahead and get the best scholarships and play for the best schools so he can make it to the NFL, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. So he signs up for what is Bishop Sycamore before it becomes Bishop Sycamore. We'll call it pre-Bishop Sycamore. Same people running the program, though. Bishop Seedling, um, if you will. It turns out they had ran a con on a church to get their startup money. Always a good sign. Uh, the athletes were all staying in these in a series of hotel rooms in Ohio until the checks all bounced and the and the uh, the hotel kicked them all out. Awesome. They then rented like two houses to fill. To put this football team in, like 40 kids. It then also turns out that most of them weren't high schoolers. They were JUCO players. So they're 19 and 20 years old. Um, what? What's happening? <laughs> but this school program basically lied to them, too, to get them to sign up and all that. Um, they played, like, four games. Uh, they never did any schooling. Uh, <laughs> by the end, the uh, players were stealing from Targets and Walmart's groceries, so they had stuff to eat. Uh, and the and the kids said that there were knife fights and violence in the homes because these were men from places like New York and Brooklyn, mix, mi- mixing with people from like Compton and East LA, all living in houses with no furniture. There's just mattresses on the grounds everywhere. People are sleeping literally on the floor. Um, so tensions were running at a high nonstop. So there was violence all the time in the house. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> um, he then, so the program falls apart. They play three or four games. They never even practice. Yeah, no joke. Um, he, he then has, he then finds a school to get into, but he has to get caught up academically in order to be eligible to play. So before the start of the season, he basically takes his entire junior year. Oh my god, this is this keeps getting worse. And so that's that's his story about this program. Um, so they're essentially a fake school. Netflix obviously never showed up and all that different stuff. Well, it was um, clearly a lie after we figured out that uh, we just waited for the checks to bounce. So like. Nobody got paid by this program. Nobody got taken care of. Nobody, none of the academics happened. 
at the beginning they had like 20 coaches on staff, but again, they weren't actually paying people. Uh, so by the end, they had one coach on staff, and basically he stayed because he just didn't want the kids to be left without anybody. Yeah, he's he's literally there out of the good of his heart while everything falls apart at the seams. Right. That's the good, story of Bishop Sycamore, the good up, fake good up on that high guy. school football team. Absolutely no business being anywhere in this game. So it's entirely possible that even this in this game, there were people who weren't even high school players playing. Considering two years ago, they were using Juco players and saying they were a high school team. Yeah. <laughs> it's a... You feel bad for the kids, obviously. But in and of itself, as a story, pop culturally, it is ridiculous. It is, it is everything that is wrong with high school sports, with high-level sports, it's everything that is wrong with the monetization of high school sports. Uh, it's everything that is wrong with, with, I mean, ESPN shouldn't even be airing a high school football game. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Like, surely there was, like, a, a college volleyball tournament that they could have aired instead. You know what I mean? Like, something they already have licensing rights to, mm-hmm. where they don't have to put, they don't have to expose 17-year-olds to this kind of issue. Right. I mean, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe because people are looking into it, they can stop people from falling into these clearly predatory situations. Well, they're not going to go anywhere. Like, so the in basketball, it's called the AAU program. Um, you know, where they um, basically the AAU program runs everything in basketball. If you're a McDonald's All American, if you're a top, you know, fifty athlete, top eighty athlete in basketball, uh, the AAU program is where you go to get your name known, but it's also where you you meet the guys who broker the back-end deals so that you never have to pay for shoes again when you're 15. You know what I mean? Like, it all happens this way, and it's all it's all by design, and there's all kinds of people making money on it because there's all this money in it, and somehow none of it trickles to education, to schools, or to the kids. Uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so AAU will hold a tournament, uh, well, they'll feature six teams in the in a summer league, okay? Mm-hmm. They'll play like a two week tournament, and they'll have a basketball gym rented out from a school, and they'll sell tickets every day, and they'll sell concessions the whole time, and they'll put all this money in somebody's pocket. But at the end of the day, all they did was pay the school for the gym for two weeks, and that's it. Like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're in a pocket, you know, two hundred bucks. Right. The the people who are actually making the money have nothing to do with students and with education and with with high school academics and sports uh, or even the betterment of these kids, helping them, you know, make good decisions, you know, turning them into good young men. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with showcasing their athletic talent for a profit. Um, and so it's stuff like that. It's, it's sad and it's annoying, but it's it, – when it hits ESPN in such a way, like a like a lightning bolt like this, it's certainly uh, entertaining. Yeah, no joke. I'm, I still can't get over the fact that like this like fake school existed to do what? Like, did, did like these students pay for it? Like, I don't even understand like what was even happening. Well, like, like I don't even know how they made money. Well, I'm sure they would have gotten some money uh, to play a televised game like this. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm talking about the, the, the prior one before. I was going to call it Brooklyn Sycamore, but that's not what it is. <laughs> Bitch and Sycamore. There you the go. <laughs> well, it's the same concept. I mean, you you essentially have your own franchise. You don't have to pay the players. So you sell tickets. You sell concession. You make enough money. You rent a church arena or something, or you rent a high school. It's a high oh, school I guess, I guess they stole money from a church to start. Right. To basically start their own sports team. And oh, because they did high school athletes, they don't have to pay anybody. Right. I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted that this even happens. Like, I understand why, and, like, just the concept just baffles me. <laughs> it's definitely depressing, like, in the sense that there's this much money and opportunity that it's worth doing, but... You know, and that it's that it's like not common, but like it, for, it seems like it isn't a one-time occurrence. It's not like a man that was a really weird thing that happened in the eighties and never again, right? But it but it, it probably happens more than we think. But because this one got to ESPN, we yeah, know like it, it makes you it really makes you it really makes you think, right? Right, because ESPN should have vetted it and been like, uh, we're not going to air this game. Even if they pulled out a couple hours beforehand, like all they gotta do is put a tape of something else in and just push play. Like, yeah, I'm sure, but oh man, it must have been like watching a train crash because you're just like, oh man, we can't stop this now. Now I'm interested. What what happened? Well, How about, did we get here? <laughs> I'm talking about pregame, like when they looked up the rosters and, and they couldn't verify that any of these athletes I'm, have been scouted. I'm sure that I'm sure that they started doing that, like after they already, like, I don't know the agreements. I don't know their scheduling, like. No way. I bet, but I bet as, I'm, I'm sure they booked it before they checked it. But I bet they checked it before it aired because they got to have that stuff ready, like, on the screen to throw up there if they talk about those players. Right. I don't know. You got to build all those graphics in advance, remember? So, like, yeah, I guarantee you they were they were researching these players the week before the game going, who the heck is this guy? And couldn't find anything about any of them. <laughs> they got a graphic up and it's just like a, a mystery player in some kind of like random video game. <laughs> Do you remember? Doesn't even have a picture of him. It's just like an outline of a football player with a question mark. It's like a, it's like a billow player in, uh, yeah. in any of the sports games. Yeah. Do you remember in the replacements? One of the players had been serving time in prison in the city that they're in for the team. And John Madden's like, it just says here that he's been a resident of the state of California for the last three years. That's interesting. <laughs> Ooh, neat, I guess. Neat. That, what, a, what a weird, I mean, they didn't even have an address listed. Just a, whole, a resident the whole, of the state. Oh, <laughs> the whole state. Um, I live everywhere, all right? But yeah, can't hold, I, can't hold me down. It's a crazy story, and I don't understand a hundred percent. Knowing what you and I know about behind the scenes production, they knew by the time this game kicked off that Bishop Sycamore was full of crap. Yeah, but I'm saying like they probably figured that out, and then we're like, I kind of want to see where this goes. <laughs> the the train wreck watcher in them was like. Yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, like I'm sure they're like, 
they're going through and they're like, no, this kid's good. No, this kid's good. And then they're like, what about the other team? And they're like, ooh. Ooh, no. We've actually had a lot of trouble verifying anything on the other teams. And then they're like, I think I know where this is going to go. And I think I'm going to really like watching. (laughs) Well, and they even said like on the broadcast that like they had trouble verifying the information, but they were assured by the school that it was accurate. Right, yeah. And, like, they're not really at fault for, like... I guess they kind of are, because it's, they like... They 100% are. They totally are. But of of all the bad guys in this, they're the least bad guy. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, the people that are coming out most ahead are, like, the other team and then, like, ESPN getting some, I guess, flack for this. I don't know. Like, good on the other team for not hurting them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they, had, they had to put on they had to put on the kid gloves as they push children over. Right. All right. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I got a question for you because I got another story here. Okay. What's the worst punishment you've ever heard of for being late? For being late, like from a job? Anything? Any somewhere where you were late? What's the worst thing that's ever happened because you were late? Uh. Like, that I can think of or that's happened to me? Those are two different things. What? How would those be different? Because I haven't experienced that many things. And two, like, it could, like, what I could think would be way worse than what actually happened. All right. Um, give me give me your worst case scenario. What's the worst thing you've ever heard of or even can think of from being late? From being late? Uh, either having to stay late because you were late or just straight up getting fired or let go because of it. Okay, all right. I got I got one worse than that. I don't doubt that for a second. All right, so the Olympics are over. We are now having the Paralympics in Tokyo, okay? All right, cool. The Paralympics cool. always follow the Olympics. Um, okay. Right now, or the other day, about two days ago now, I guess, um, they were doing shot put, and the Malaysian shot putter and two other uh, athletes from two other countries arrived three minutes late to the event. Okay. Um, they were told that they were going to post non uh, non scoring throws, so basically they were disqualified. Mm-hmm. Uh, the country of Malaysia went ahead and, and filed a formal protest there on the spot. Uh, and so under protest, he was able to throw and compete, but there would be a ruling later. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went on to break the world record Whoa. and win gold. Yep. Uh, the country of Ukraine would not drop, would not let the comp- would would not waive the fact that he was late and therefore disqualified. So even though he threw and it was under protest, it doesn't count because the country of UK Ukraine's Paralympian was in silver position. Yeah, obviously. And so they now won the gold medal because the Malaysian was three minutes late. Oh. So having your gold medal taken away. Your world record gold medal taken away for being three minutes late. Rough. 
Uh, it turns out that it's actually his record from the uh, year before. Oh. But this was going to be his his. I think it's his only gold medal opportunity, though. Oh, that's so sad. This has been a. It's also just as a small tangent to this. This has been a crazy year for. Uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up with shot put and world records recently. Um, like, I'm sorry. What was your question? I was saying that, like, if you've been keeping up with like shot put and its world records, because like, I'm this year's been crazy for them. <laughs> Why would I have been keeping up with shot put? I know we're nerd thug radio emphasis on the nerd, but, but what exactly do you think I stay focused on in my free time? Uh, if I don't know. Not shot put world records. Um, a, why do you know that it's been a crazy year for them? And B, what do you mean by that? Uh, so uh, the guy who won gold. In well, the regular was, Olympics? Yeah. Okay. Uh, broke the world record in trials and then broke it again for gold. <laughs> oh, that's a good day. And, like, I think it was, like, the sixth longest throw in history. <laughs> like, Holy crap. Ever recorded, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty impressive. And then I think we had two placements in... Uh, and it really, it really sucks because the guy that threw... Either right before him or right after him, through what would have been a world record, but the guy broke it the throw before. <laughs> oh, um, well, it's always like okay. So I was watching that movie Molly's Game. Oh, interesting, interesting enough, it's about Molly Bloom, younger sister to Jeremy Bloom. Um, and Molly Bloom, uh, she was an Olympic level skier as well. Uh, she has a fall though in preliminaries, and she doesn't make it. Um, but in the movie, she does a lot of anecdotes about athletes who almost make it, and one of them is about a famous runner who finishes. He also uh, in the nineteen sixty Olympics breaks the world record for the hundred meter dash. It's just that he comes in third place because someone broke that record also, but a couple tenths faster. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has an older brother uh, named Jackie Robinson, or a younger brother named Jackie Robinson. Oh. So even though he's this amazing athlete who would have set a world record, but he came in second. Uh, and even though he's this amazing Olympic-level athlete, uh, he's still not the most famous athlete in his own family. <laughs> Man, it's like you're really talented, but man, you aren't really gonna you really aren't gonna win this one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> there was a group of there was a family that I was friends with in high school. And I guess if I'm gonna tell the story this way, the nice thing to do wouldn't be to say their name. So I'm not gonna say their name. But they had three kids, and each of the kids were so just beyond talented just at these things. Uh, all through elementary, middle, and high school, that it was like, uh, it was no doubt that uh, the one that was in my grade was the oldest one, and there was no doubt that he was valedictorian. Um, he goes on to go to film school. He Last time I talked to him, he was a curator for a museum of digital motion in New York. Like, just these big, crazy ideas and concepts. Uh, the sister was incredibly well accomplished academically as well, but also was like a, 
was recruited to play women's basketball. Like, I mean, there was just, it was just things. Like, everywhere he turned around, they were just great at stuff. The other one was amazing. The youngest brother was amazing at music, as well as all this other stuff. Like, it just, like, the whole family just, it just were, like, dripping with this weird level of success that it almost made it, like, you're almost, well, yeah, it's because they're them. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. of course the blanks are so good. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, like, sometimes you just have those, like, generational families that are just, like, crazy. I mean, it exists in sports all the time. And they do. It's weird to think, like, okay. Or, like, I, just, I don't know why. I'm just immediately, like, drawn to, like, the Guthries from, like, the X-Men. They're all mutants. <laughs> I, always, I think about them a lot, too. But, uh, so think about this. Like, the Matthews family in football. Uh, Bruce Matthews and Clay Matthews Sr. Uh, Bruce Matthews was a lineman for the Oilers for like 15 years and wanted to go into the Hall of Fame. His brother was a linebacker up in the north, I think I think for Chicago or somewhere like that. And then they made, you know, kids and then Clay Matthews plays in the NFL. And then I think there was a, two other cousins that are in the family that also played uh, NFL football. Like I think even the a, younger Matthews brother, I think there's another one that's also in the league. I think you're right. The Gronkowskis, you know, obviously Rob Gronkowski has been the successful one, but the two other brothers have made several NFL rosters uh, and played several seasons themselves. Uh, it's it's definitely or the Hemsworth family. Yeah. Or like, if you're looking, um, we're about to see in the NBA like a whole generation of children of athletes over the next five to ten years come into the league. Uh, Shaq's oldest son is about, I think he's a junior in high school. Dwayne Wade's got a son who is also in high school. Uh, Many uh, publications have speculated wildly that LeBron James is only staying in the league so that he could play one or two years with his son on on a team together. That should be pretty sweet. And his son, I think, is a sophomore in high school now. Bronny. Brony. Whatever. However you say that. LeBron James Jr. <laughs> if you look at uh, the, uh, the Ball family. Remember the guy who started his own shoe line and that was a, a terrible thing that never worked out? Yeah. But... He had the three sons, and one of them was in the NBA, one of them was at UCLA, and one of them was in high school. The one that was in UCLA got in trouble, so he took both of them out of public school, and then he got them signed to a Lithuanian national or a Lithuanian professional team. Mm-hmm. And now all three of them are in and out of the league. Like, I mean, it just it just happens this way. Yeah. Good it makes, ge- makes you think of, like, old-timey, like, these, like, crazy – you know, royals and legendary like families, or like I definitely see like how like these things would survive. Sometimes the genes are just that strong, and these families are just crazy so good at some things. Oh yeah, or like the Manning family. Yeah, like like what is this? I mean, the the dad was an NFL quarterback. Two of the three sons were NFL quarterbacks. The one who wasn't was because he got injured in college, like badly injured. But more than likely, he would have been an NFL quarterback. 
And now the children of the sons are now playing. Uh, and I think, I think the, uh, I think the oldest grandkid of the Manning family is, is a freshman in college this year. Oh, geez. I wonder if he's going to be playing quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely, it's definitely interesting to see how some of that kind of trickles down. All right, we've meandered through this. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we got a little bit of Nerd Thug Radio still to come your way. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, the adventure begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventures League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events. All those things occur at the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and more. Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister station, streaming worldwide at IrelandStar.com. As always, go to Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. That's where the magic is. Nico, before we get any further, go ahead and tell our friends about The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open, full operating hours, all right here on 1488. So they got some events rolling up here Thursday, that is today, Oh, is uh, Magic Time, 6pm, is the weekly modern meetup Friday, uh, your birthday at 6pm is uh, the X-Wing casual meetup. Saturday at 2 p.m. is the Pokemon Meetup, and at 6 p.m. is Hammer Time. That's Warhammer Tabletop. And also at 6 p.m. is Even More Magic Time. That is the Commander Meetup. So Thursdays is Modern, and Saturday is Commander. All right there, the adventure begins. Comics, games, and more. Fantastic store, wonderful staff, all your nerd needs. All right there at the adventure begins. Comics, games, and more. That's right. Yeah, my birthday is coming up on Friday. Um, what are you gonna do? What are we gonna hang out? What are we doing? I'm gonna get a stripper to jump out of a cake. I mean, bold. That is on my list of things I want at some point. I feel like we've moved away from that culturally, and I and I'm ready to bring it back. <laughs> I'm bringing back everything. <laughs> stripper jumping out of a cake. Uh, okay. Uh, you know what? You know what that's from? Really? Is I, the other day I was watching. They brought back a bunch of old movies on Netflix, and I've watched a bunch of these and talked to you about some of them. Uh, but a Steven Seagal classic, Under Siege. He is a former Special Forces, but you don't know that until midway through the movie. You find that out. Uh, he's the cook on the ship, though, is what you find out. Um, is where the movie starts. He's the cook on the ship, but he gets to talk, mess to everybody, and do whatever he wants because the admiral of the ship uh, loves him, and so he he's just got free reign to do whatever he wants. The captain of the ship, I guess. Um, it's so, like he disrespects the other officers, and whenever they complain about it, the captain's like, "Yeah, just leave him alone. Trust me, 
do whatever you want to everybody else, but make sure you leave Steven Seagal alone. Well, it turns out halfway through that he's um, he was like special forces and he was super BA, and then things went wrong. Things got out of hand on a mission in Panama because he got bad intel. Uh, and when he completed the mission and came home, uh, he punched he punched the uh, head of the CIA in the face, so he got booted down. Uh, and this is the only position he could get. But he saved the captain's life once before, and so the captain's like, "Oh, he could cook on my ship any day of the week." Um, but in the movie, it's the captain's birthday, and they sneak a playmate of the year and a cake, and she's gonna jump out of the cake. But also, the band are terrorists, and they take over the ship. This is a very complicated plot already. There's so much. I mean, there's so much that it's a really long movie for an action. It's like a two-hour action movie. I feel like action movies should be no more than 90 minutes. Like, 80s action movies were always like a solid 110 minutes, though, because they always threw in a little extra weird something. Like... Yeah, like the... Oh, yeah, it's the third act. Buddy cops are now mad at each other. They're gonna make it up a later trope, and it's like, oh man, I can't wait for this to add forty minutes to the runtime. You know what's funny is that is like that was that was the plot to almost every Lethal Weapon. The third act they would make up during the gunfight, like, uh, yeah, like I make this joke only semi-ironically, <laughs> right? Uh, but like, it was weird stuff. So in this movie, there's like two real villains. Gary Busey's one of the two villains, and then Tommy Lee Jones is one of the villains. Uh, he fights Tommy Lee Jones, but Gary Busey, he doesn't fight him. He just blows him up with a torpedo. You know what? It's fine. He got he got what he deserved. Like they don't even like they don't even fight. Like it's building towards this fight the whole time because every time they're in some scenes together early on, and Gary Busey's like, like just they're like just hound dogging him so bad, and you know in typical movie fashion, like he's gonna get his revenge. Steven Seagal is gonna mess you up for this. Uh, and instead, like they never even fight. Like it's just, it's it, it's weird because it doesn't follow all of the form, like you know action movie formula, but it clearly follows some of it. He gets the girl at the end for no reason because he's kind of a jerk to her the whole time. But uh, <laughs> I never understood that. Like, not specifically about Steven Seagal movies. There's a lot of action movies where like the male lead is just the worst, and then the, the girls like, and then let's make out. It's like, wait, what happened? How did we get here? <laughs> Uh, Speed does a really good job of making fun of that by pointing that out, and it's like uh, uh, Sandra Bullock has like a line she says to Keanu Reeves, where she's basically like, "80 percent of relationships that are based on this end uh in uh, under two months or whatever, blah blah blah." But it is kind of a funny, funny line. Um, man, you know who? Okay. Trauma bonding, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, probably. If you were making a Mount Rushmore of nice guys, it's like <laughs> four all-time famous, but like good nice guys. I'm gonna go. Keanu Reeves has got to be like number one on almost everyone's list, right? Yeah, because every story about him is always like, man, he really is just a genuinely nice person. I'm gonna go Dave Grohl. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty good one. Um, and then I'm going to go Will Smith. Yeah. 
I can't. I've never heard a story of him being like a jerk at all. Yeah, like the worst I've ever heard about Will Smith is that he's kind of weird. Which but I mean, like, oh no, he's an actor that's been in, like multi talented in right. several industries for twenty years. It's strange that he's a little weird. Um, and then. I'm going to say Ed Sheeran, but I'm going to tell this story in order to say it. Uh, when he first kind of broke out and was having success, he went home and one of his good friends from back in the day, she was basically homeless. She was like couch surfing. And he found mm-hmm. out and he was like, like, oh, that's no good. And so while he was back home, he was working on his stuff for his new album. And he gave her writing credits on like two or three songs. And then one of those songs exploded it was one of the hits off of his album and so he like changed her life to the tune of millions of dollars um that that to me puts him on the list that's pretty cool uh olivia rodrigo my new favorite pop star um she has kind of caught some flack that a couple of her songs are too similar to other people's songs. Oh yeah, like so oh, rather it was like than a Paramore even, song and like something else. Yeah, rather than even fight it, she's just added them as co-writers to it and moved on. That's I really kinda, funny. I kind of dig that. I think that's kind of interesting. I'm sure it's just like, all right, whatever you guys want it here. But honestly, like I would have, I would have fought people for it. It's like. Music well, sounds similar all the time. Whatever. Back in the day, people used to fight for it all the time. But ever since the... Uh, Vanilla Ice meme. Uh, ever since the... Um, bum, bum, I bum, 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 bum. I know you want it. Um, oh, that's what's his fun. name? Pharrell, Robin Thicke, yeah. and T.I. They... They defended their lawsuit because they knew they didn't do. They knew they didn't steal anything, and they lost, and they lost the appeal. And it was to the tune of, there's a lot of money. It was you know, forty fifty million dollars. That's that song was a massive hit. Ever yeah. since then, artists have been a little bit more gun shy about suing. That's fair. Um, also, that song has a really weird spot in like my memory. Uh, I will never forget that song because the music video has just the models dancing around with them. Uh, and that was Emily Rajakowski's like debut for whatever reason. And, and there's a version of the video where she does the whole video topless. And I don't know why she does that. I don't know what the situation is. Um, but there's no getting that out of your head once you've seen it. Oh, why is for a completely not that reason? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why she, like, like, it, I don't know why you would ever do a music video that you can't air, but they did. And <laughs> that definitely feels like one of the ones where they, they were like, all right, no, it'll be really cool, I promise. And it's like, are you sure? It's like, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> well, and she was, she'd been a model for a while at that point. I think she was trying to, like, cross into more things, and I think she wanted to kind of be, listen, when you're established, but in doing something new, you want to be as, accommodating as possible right like you don't want to be the diva or whatever and i and i'm guessing when someone was like hey you want to just do something without the top and she was like Haha, oh you're uh i mean yeah okay no big deal yeah i mean i'm a model like i do this kind of thing a lot like okay 
a whole video though. I don't know why. Like, like the song, what five minutes? And I'm pretty yeah, sure it's long. Solid... It's weirdly long. It's like four pretty and a half sure minutes. there's a solid two minutes of her just walking around, and you're just like, okay, all right, well, you have my attention. All right. Well, I guess you learn something new every day. Uh, we learned two things about that song today. <laughs> All right, we have meandered through yet another episode of Nerd Thug Radio right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. Um, as always, I want to thank everybody for listening on behalf of myself, little brother Nico, and of course, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. I want to thank everybody for listening. Have a wonderful Thursday. Tomorrow is my birthday. It is officially Friday, the start of the weekend. Uh, you can quit doing whatever you want at 2 o'clock when the show kicks off, and you're going to be hanging out with us because that's what you do every Friday at 2 o'clock. Um, check out the podcast, and if not, you can always check out our new show in Dallas-Fort Worth, Oklahoma City, uh, airing at 11 o'clock, up late with Nerd Thug Radio. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if nothing else, we'll see you tomorrow. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe. That sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, the adventure begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventures League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events all those things occur at the adventure begins comics games and more interested parties should absolutely check out the facebook page for more information hi this is kevin smith former dallas cowboy texas a&m aggie as well and i want to say what's up to nerd thug radio